Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of The Jaded 1%. I'm Dave, and joined with me once again is... I'm Joe. Hey Joe, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm doing well. So tonight, we have a bit of a lighter topic than what we've done thus far. And uh, what are we going to do tonight? Oh, to lighten the mood and kind of transition back from too long of a break, I thought we'd talk about our favorite police and military movies and TV shows. Something just casual, kind of get the conversation going and just, I don't know, take a break from all the seriousness. All the heavy, kind of weighty topics that we've chosen thus far. And Well, we don't talk about the news, which is probably a good thing. This is true. Um, but uh, I don't know. It can't be all serious all the time. So, okay. yes. You know, and so we've got a list here in front of us is, um, that we're going to go from. But even as, as I'm looking at this list, all these shows are just like suddenly flooding uh, to my mind. And so, um, in no means is this an exhaustive list. Uh, by no means this is probably going to represent everything that Joe and I, uh, can even remember that we've seen and enjoy. And so we'd absolutely love, uh, to hear from you if you have some feedback on our discussion tonight. And, uh, I will just say probably the best way to get a hold of us is to, uh, visit us at the jaded com, uh, where one is the numeral one. And then you can also email us at the jaded one percent at gmail.com where once again one is the numeral one. Um so anything in particular jumping out at you or speaking to you as we embark on this discussion? Um <clears throat> I don't have cable or anything, so I get uh TV shows, you know, after the fact, you know, Hulu. Um, just finished the the second season of a TV show called Six on the History Channel about uh, SEAL Team Six. Um, it's not bad. There's obviously there's some uh, liberties taken. <laughs> um, so, um, but it it kind of reminded me of a TV show I I really liked from a few years ago called uh, The Unit, and it's about a uh, Army uh, Delta Special Forces unit and. It was only on for, I think, gosh, four seasons. And I don't even know if it made it completely four seasons before a writer strike killed it. But um, just the, the character dynamic and the relationships that, you know, they had, they didn't always get along. There were arguments. Um, and it kind of reminded me of just family in general. You know, there were going to be arguments, but they will always have your back. And mm-hmm. I think, and I really appreciate that part of it. You know that the writers didn't leave out that human element that they're not perfect. It doesn't always go your way, and uh, it's okay to not get along sometimes. But they, you know, come back and and regroup and and are are still family at the end of the day. So that's where I kind of have been thinking. But as I revisit this list, I'm going, oh yeah, that was, that's a a good movie. That's a good TV show. Yeah. I see hot fuzz on there (laughs) and it's a, a spoof cop show, but you know, my wife absolutely loves it. Um, Simon Pegg is just got this hilarious dry sense of humor. That is, it's so good. So if you haven't seen it, it's a, 
it's very good. It's a uh, about uh, British cops, um, but I don't know. When you see the list, what it, what do you gravitate towards? Well, I think um, my my so after becoming a police officer, I think I actually got kind of turned off by cop shows in particular and became overly critical of, of things that I would see in there. And, oh, yeah. um, but Southland was one that I think it, it came out that was in a while two, ago. 2009 and it was, it lasted like four or five seasons. And so, um, but Southland was one, it was a TV show and it started off on like NBC and then it was picked up by like TBS or something like that. And then, yeah, I can't remember where it ended up. Um, but it didn't, it, it made it five years. I think, I think you can watch it, you know, on Netflix or Amazon prime or something now, but I just, as I watched it, um, it really brought a lot of the, the human element, like you were talking about of just relationships and, uh, just the calls that they would go on. It wasn't the typical, you know, cops and robbers and we catch the robber bad guys. And within the 60 minutes, a lot of time we've got things neatly wrapped up in a bow and the, and the crime has been solved. It was a lot of just the BS that you respond to. And, uh, I, I as I watched it and I, I know very little about the background of the show, but I just remember thinking there's gotta be cops that are writing this because you don't make this stuff up like this. And, and time and time again, I was, I remember just being like, I was, I've been on that call. I've dealt with those people. Now, granted Southland is South or is LA. And right. so, um, it, it, you know, there's a little bit of the, what they go through in a one shift, whether it be a 10 hour shift or 12 hour shift is probably more than even those in LA completely experienced in a 10 or 12 hour shift. But it's, you know, even being uh, an officer from a, a smaller agency in Kansas, uh, you know, it, they were all calls that I could relate to. I was like, oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've done that. I've dealt with that. I know right. that person. And so um, it was kind of, for me, one of the first shows that I watched after being a police officer that brought me back to, oh, I, you know, this is enjoyable. I like watching these things. And uh, the characters are pretty good. And then uh, additionally, it deals with, uh, you know, I think there's more than one officer that, that gets divorced on there. And yeah, just some of the issues that cops deal with because of what you do, the shift work, what you see and all that stuff. So South Lane was kind of my cop movie that stood out to me. And then uh, the military movie that stood out to me is like a, a, an all-time favorite is Heartbreak Ridge. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. That's got Clint Eastwood in it, and uh, I I think again, some of the things that stand out to me are the the characters when they're not soldiers. Like the 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 you know obviously, um, Clint Eastwood is very good at the job he does, and um, Gunny Highway, yeah, and getting the guys ready to do what they've you know, enlisted right. to do. But his private life is a bit of a mess, if not a total disaster. <laughs> a little bit. And not that I wish that on anybody or that everybody's that way, but there's, there's kind of that, that, that underlying truth of it's realism. 
yeah, of being in the military is, is rough on what it does to your private life. Being in the law enforcement is rough on your private life. So those were the two that just, that quickly jumped out to me in terms of, um, like if I'm flipping through the channels and Heartbreak Ridge is on, I'm probably going to stop and watch it <laughs> regardless of where you're at in that. So you know, you're talking about the realism. Um, one of the movies that I like, it's, it's, I don't believe it to be accurate at all, but it is end of watch. And you're talking about these two cops who are their partners and they've got these little cameras on their, you know, their pocket and they kind of narrate their own, some of their own stuff. And they jokingly say, Here's the other part of police work, the endless paperwork that goes with it. Mm-hmm. And it shows them just in the station, just sitting <laughs> down for, for two hours, just doing reports. Um, and the same is true in the military. There's, there's paperwork that I had to do that was, you know, I've got to do evaluations. I've got to do re- recording, you know, record training and, you know, all this other crap. But <laughs> I appreciated the fact that they, they brought it up because, you know, for somebody who's not in that environment. You know, we've got Lethal Weapon and Die Hard on there, mm-hmm. but they don't show you the ridiculous amount of paperwork and the yeah, they're not, crap. They're not going home at the end of the night, and if they are going home, they're going to be back as soon as they possibly can. Right. Writing their reports. Right. They don't, they don't show that element. So, I mean, those are fun movies, but I don't know. It was a little bit different to see. Yeah. So, yeah, Lethal Weapon and Die Hard both uh, phenomenal franchises in terms of 80 cops movies and probably the profit that they made for people and what they did for the individual careers, but realistic, not so much (laughs) full of action, full of adventure. And even, even, even Riggs, you know, um, he would never last on a department acting like that. Oh no, but (laughs) You know, it deals with his temptation to commit suicide. I mean, he literally puts, I think, a gun in his mouth. and No, he does. I, I think there's, they did it. it. It was satire. I mean, it's satire is what it is, but they don't take it. They don't take it far enough to create any realism behind it, but they do bring up a very real issue for people that are, that are struggling. Of course, the reality is no one wants to watch a movie where guys sit, and do paperwork for hours. <laughs> no. they, they want to see something blown up. Absolutely. Uh, so you mentioned end of watch and the cameras that they had on them. Yeah. Which they're now doing for real. They are doing for real to the point where I don't think the first series, the first episode has even aired yet. Um, and for some reason I want to say, well, I don't know who's doing it, but yeah, they've, they've created a TV show. That is, I think, called Body Cam Cops. What? And they are doing, the footage is going to be nothing but body cameras. Ugh. And it's, it's, um, I don't, I don't think the first episode is aired. I'm not even a hundred percent of <laughs> if it, what station it's on, what, um, but yeah, I'm not sure what to make of that one. I I I don't either. I mean, so is this like the new version of Cops, the TV mm-hmm. show Cops? It's that's essentially what it is. I don't think it. I don't think it's. Is it Langley Productions that does Cops? I don't know. I don't think they're the ones doing this new show. But 
So Fox didn't pick it up. No more well, bad boys. I, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I the C- cops is still on. So is it really? Mm-hmm. Good grief. So yeah, they rode with. It's like the Simpsons. It just won't die. They rode with us for last summer. Did they really? Not 2018, but 2017. They rode in like rode multiple nights and I think barely came up with enough for two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing. It speaks well of the city. You don't have to show everybody your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think just the reality of... um some days are like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to go a little darker on cop shows, the movie Seven. I don't know why. It's a sadistic movie, there's no doubt. And it, I, I think in real life, when you're dealing with something like that, I don't know, would, would the FBI call, be called in on something that dramatic? Uh, you know, I think... I don't even, I couldn't even tell you. Is it, is it supposed to take place in New York city? Yeah, it is. Uh, would the FBI try to be a part of it? Yeah. yeah would well, NYPD let them? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I thought you know, and that, was... in, uh, that, and that unfolds quickly enough. I think that probably not, you know, it's not like it's a multi-year type thing. So yeah, I could, I could see that. I, it's not that far reach in my opinion to say that, that, that they would handle that themselves. Well, that I thought it was well done. Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman did a good job of really. There's a scene when Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are sitting at a bar and Morgan Freeman's, I guess his own jadedness is coming through and he's very calloused after being a cop for almost 30 years. And he just, he just wants to be done. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's counting down the days. Yeah. And Brad Pitt is still a very young officer and uh, a young detective. And, and I think he really challenges Morgan Freeman's character by saying, you, you want me to believe all this, you know, this stuff. Yeah. 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 It's all messed up, but, you still do this, you know, in a sense, he's saying you can say how horrible it is, but yet you still have this inkling of hope somewhere in the midst of it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that, that, in part, I think that's why some guys do it for 30 years. I mean, obviously there's a retirement to think about and that's not to say that, you know, you know, that doesn't have influence, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, you don't do this forever because you think it's all a waste of time. If it was a waste of time, you'd, you know, we'd leave sooner and find other work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like I said, sadistic movie, very twisted. If you haven't seen it, I'd be surprised. But if you haven't, you know, don't eat dinner before you watch it. Yeah. It's, it's not for the faint hearted. I doubt anybody listening to the show falls into that category, but just in case. Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's maybe not as graphic as some things these days, but. No, but you're talking about the emotional content as well. I would agree. Super Troopers, let's go back to lighthearted. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would have to say that Super Troopers is on 
is high on my list of movies that I will stop to watch if I see that they're on. Uh, it's probably one of the more quotable movies. Yes, sir. Or yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and I'm not going to say that we've played the meow game <laughs> on duty, <laughs> but there are certainly shenanigans that happens. Um, and that's part of what makes uh, the job tolerable is you have those little jokes with the people that you work with on a shift and for sure, um, remind you of, well, just help you. I, I think it helps you keep your sanity. It helps keep you human and it's a coping mechanism. To, yeah. It's a coping me- mechanism. And I think to the outside people might think it's, it's being unprofessional or disrespectful, but I, I don't think that is the case. There's certainly an element of you have to do those things to keep your sanity and, um, you know, it, it's even got, it's even got a halfway decent plot line <laughs> to it. Um, yeah, it's not a bad plot line at all, actually. Um, and then did they, was there a super troopers two that came out that there was, I like, haven't seen failed it. miserably. Maybe I don't know. I haven't seen it. I can't speak to it, but I heard it wasn't as good as the first one, which isn't really a surprise. You're talking about a show that's. It was, a, it was a sequel 15 years after the fact. Yeah. What are you going to do? You know, and I, it, even there's the, I think there's a little bit of a, depending on where you do uh, your policing, um, there can certainly be that rivalry between neighboring jurisdictions or even a municipality within a, a county. And Oh yeah, for sure. Of how just, just those kinds of things. So yeah, there's, there are some good, 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 good reality. Well, there's, there's some valid realities in all of all or throughout that movie that as I'm thinking about it, it's, you know, but even just constantly dealing with, with budget issues. I mean, that's certainly something that. It's a real issue. Yep. What are you going to do? So I'm looking at this list and one thing that going down, I saw behind enemy lines and Owen Wilson is in that movie as a, um, a naval aviator, a pilot. He's actually a Rio sits backseat in F-18. And it was such a different role for me to see him in because he's always in more comedic roles. And that's a very dramatic movie. Once it gets going, there are, it's it is not um, lighthearted. No. And interesting, inter- interestingly enough, I think that you get those guys who can joke around and they can play the dramatic roles really, really well. And I think he did that really. I think he did a good job with it. You know, it's not a, I wouldn't call it an Academy Award winning movie, but there is a sense of realism when you're talking about. You know, he's frustrated as a, you know, someone in the military going, this is just crap. We're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. We go out, we do this, we come back, blah, blah, blah. It's the same old, same old. You know, he's getting tired and he has to be reminded by his boss, the, you know, this, the captain of this ship that that's not how you should be viewing that. Now he gets chewed out for it in a different manner. But I, th- it's very real to be that frustrated. I think that's what I appreciate about that movie. It's just that you're sick of doing the same old, same old. Nothing changes. It's always the same. I'm not, you know, productive. 
I don't feel productive. So why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. I could move on and, and just get on with life. So it's a, it's a good watch, a different role. And if you like Gene Hackman, he's in it. So go watch it. <laughs> that is true. Now I'm going to jump and hopefully it doesn't put you guys on the spot. Black Hawk Down, you actually have had someone on your department who was there, who was in that story. Yes. A pilot who later becomes a cop. Yep. And he has just retired. Yep. So obviously that comes up in converse that has come up in conversation. I'm sure he's he just loves talking about it. <laughs> I don't you know, um and we're not gonna do any names, so don't write in and ask who it was. Um, but <laughs> that's uh I mean, that guy kind of saw two different worlds. Yeah, and that's so so uh, a couple of different things. One, he probably, you know, the, the Black Hawk Down incident was, you know, such a, a small fraction of his actual military and the many different things that he did. Right. Um, but it certainly represented um, a, a bit of an, an, an anomaly uh, for America in that we, you know, it was, we're kind of used to going in, kicking ass, taking names and, and then we're out. And so the Black Hawk gets shot down. They're dragging the body of a soldier through the streets of Mogadishu. And what's that? Two. I think it was two. Was it two? Um, and so it was, it was kind of this anomaly for us of, especially at that particular time, because, um, we hadn't really experienced defeat like that. No, we hadn't really, uh, particularly in the context of, um, and I'm trying to remember my, my timeline of desert store. Like, so we'd had, so we'd kind of, we'd, we'd had the Vietnam and all of that. And then we had Desert Storm that played out. Yeah, we went through them like a hot knife through butter. On, on national television. I mean, it played out on CNN of us just absolutely. And so there was kind of this time period where um, we were used to, to winning and winning quickly and winning decisively. And that... Uh, the the Blackhawk that was shot down remained there for quite a long time. It burned up. But they eventually went back and recovered it. They went back years later and recovered the Blackhawk because it was, I mean, it was, it was like, I mean, it, was, it literally remained where it fell. Well, no one's got the means to move it. So. And so, um, but they did go get it. They did recover it and. And so, um, I know some people may not like this. I think that was probably a time in history when the United States was kind of served a little humble pie, mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we weren't ready for that type of, um, warfare. We weren't ready for that type of, that type of tactics and dealing with that type of people that are prepared to fight guerrilla warfare in an urban environment. You know, we just, we'd come out of 
the, the next closest thing was, was Vietnam, guerrilla warfare in a jungle environment. And then we're transitioning to more urban, um, kind of the beginning of the end, you know, for that era of, uh, combat. Um, and, you know, and it's, it's a good movie, but it's tough to watch, you know? Yep. My brother, um, was really affected by that. Um, he wasn't in the military yet. You know, I was, and my dad said that he really struggled after watching that because he, all he could think about was me, mm-hmm. you know, which I get. Um, but, um, you know, we've come a long way since then, you know, you know, our tactics have changed, you know, and how we deal with urban environments and it's still very dangerous, but you know, there's a lot of good lessons that have come out of, <clears throat> you know, those experiences too. So all is not lost. Yeah. Or we could just handle it the way major pain does. <laughs> so, so anyway, I guess one of the things I will just say is, is Black Hawk Down it was based on a real event in uh, Mogadishu and Somalia and uh, I can't believe it's been 25 years since that happened. Yeah, 93. But 18 U.S. service members died during that. And was is it no? Was it the was it the Battle of Mogadishu that it was that what Black Hawk Dawn is based on the Battle of Mogadishu? And so, um, so yeah, it occurred in 1993. Uh, the movie was 2001, and it is very much a true story. And 2001 is when that came out. Yeah. Damn, I'm getting old. I know. And so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it is a sobering movie. That is very, very true. It should be. Yep. All right. Let's black back to lighthearted. How about uh, major pain? I, I have to admit that I barely remember that movie. Oh my gosh. You need to... <laughs> so the kids, I, I just introduced it to my kids probably a month, month and a half ago. And they thought it was hilarious. You know, and had, you know, killing is my business and business is good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of funny how having been in the Marines, you know, and seeing that major, you know, those little quotes, it's it's always funny how little bitty quotes from movies always come up in the military. You, you it's almost as if you look for a, a a a reason to use it, and when it finally gets there, you're like, oh my gosh, it's so epic! I got to I get to finally do this. And I think Major Pain has is one of those movies where you could just any excuse to just have just that kind of comedic moment is is definitely. Uh, yeah, it's either that or Full Metal Jacket for sure. I mean, but that's, I mean, come on, who doesn't like Full Metal Jacket? At least the first half. <laughs> yeah. And a little note for the anybody who likes Full Metal Jacket, you need to go to YouTube and YouTube Full Metal Disney. I swear you will never laugh so hard after that. I won't. I won't do any spoiler alerts, but yeah. Google Full Metal Disney. You will be in stitches. Was that was that Arlie? Arlie Army. Was that his first? Is that what kind of brought him to the? Because I even think he was like I, and I don't know this for a fact, but like my recollection is is that he was a consultant on that movie, 
And somebody else was actually the uh, drill sergeant. Drill instructor. Drill instructor. And they finally got him to the point where they were like, why don't you just do this? Stanley Kubrick. Um, and then that kind of launched his acting career. But I don't know if I'm no, making that up or. No, I, I don't remember if he. He was, I think he was a consultant. I don't know if it turned into it or not. I don't recall that. But or he, for all I know, he, he may have actually been cast for the part. But I'm he was making... in acting before that. So okay. he's actually, if you look at his uh, resume, he's got quite a long and extensive movie, movie resume. Um, but yeah, he was definitely the consultant and he actually was a DI. Mm -hmm. So um, he'd already had plenty of practice. <laughs> so. He definitely knew how to, uh, oh, bring the drill instructor hate to life. So <laughs> it's, it's funny. Anybody in the Marines watches that and goes, oh yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> Although new Marines don't have to polish their boots like us old school guys. So, uh, what? Yeah. They went all digital. So they don't, are desert. That makes so. sense now that you say that. Lucky bastards. Spend hours polishing my boots. <sighs> Us old guys hate you, new guys. <laughs> yeah, we used to actually call when we got our digital uniforms. We used to call ourselves Nintendo Marines. Yes. So I went to I went to Kansas State University, which is just down the highway. Um, big red one. The big red one, and. I tell you what, it felt like overnight that all the vehicles on the base there went from camo green to desert tan or whatever, you know, I mean, it, you know, I mean, as me for, for me growing up as a, you know, army was green. It was green camo. For sure. And then, foof. and, and there were still, you know, the occasional green vehicles but for the most part they all got painted it felt like overnight and of course it was also the feeling of they went from jeeps to the humvees during that time period but that may just be my false memory on that yeah the humvee's been around for a while uh they definitely went to desert overnight um part of that is being left over from uh I, well if i if i had my opinion uh, is that where it's left over from the cold war era you know, that, that, uh, idea that we're going to be in this woodland environment. And so we didn't, we were trying to progress tech. We weren't, and we kind of forgot about camouflage. So everybody, everybody, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do for vehicles, but this is why all the modern day camouflage is in digital patterns now and not the, um, swirls that it once was, mm -hmm. but. I'll be honest, I, I got the old woodland camos, camis when I was, that's what, that's what I was issued. So I see those, I'm like, ah, mine are all salty and faded and look awesome. And I mean, granted the new stuff is better, you know, multi-cam is much better camouflage, right. but I mean, come on. I, had, <laughs> I even had jungle boots. Okay. I got issued black jungle boots and I bought the green jungle boots. Yeah, I felt so tough as a, <laughs> as a young Marine wearing those things. I'm like, yeah, I'm a badass. <laughs> and they wear like Converse shoes, so they're so comfortable. I'm going to go old school. How about, yeah, before I do that, how about uh, Bad Boys? Will Smith, Martin, Lawrence. 
So I think there's a Bad Boys 3 Shut being up. made. <laughs> Serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Again, I, I think I probably put that in the category of the Die Hard and the Lethal Weapon of uh, high action, a lot of things exploding, a lot of guns being fired, and uh, I mean, certainly entertaining. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, good humor, probably a little bit better humor than yeah, Lethal Weapon, and <laughs> yeah, not a shred of accuracy <laughs> at all. No. No, and I like I even think about the first one with is it Tay Leone? T Leone. T Leone that's in that and Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, that was distracting. Well that was distracting, but just how they like like uh, talk kind of back in the genre the discussion of uh paperwork and stuff of yeah, you really don't just like as a street cop go, Okay, <laughs> we're in charge of you, we're gonna protect you, we're gonna there's hey, definitely you, you want to hang out and go chase bad guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's there's a lot more uh, a lot more bureaucracy that's involved with all of that than just uh, uh, fly by wire. Bad boys. Will Smith training for bad boys for life. Twenty twenty. Oh my gosh, dude, he's like over fifty. He's still in shape, though. I think he can. That's his job. <laughs> he gets paid to work out. He he's get he gets paid to look good for movies. Real life people don't get paid to to look good for <laughs> life. They have to you know pay bills by actually going to a job every day. Wow, that's kind of crazy that they're making a Bad Boys Three. Yeah, why not? All right, I'm a Keanu Reeves fan, so I'm gonna go with Speed. I know. Everybody's probably doing an eye roll right now. Shut up. I like Keanu Reeves. I think he's a, <laughs> I think he's a cool human being. And let's face it, he was John Wick, so shut your mouth. And Sandra Bullock is hot, so speed. I don't have a lot to say other than I like Keanu Reeves, so. <laughs> he's never going to win an Academy Award. I like Probably him. Probably not. I like him. Leave me alone. He was in The Matrix, though, so that was... Yeah, I I can't get past Bill and Ted's excellent adventure with him. So have you seen John Wick? I have, and actually one of one of my favorite. I mean, he's Keanu a Reeves. he's a real life shooter though. He actually is a three gun shooter. Uh huh. I mean, he's no joke. I mean, he actually he actually does it. He's pretty good. He'd probably take you to town. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not that good of a. You can't admit that on. We gotta stop, erase that. Um, I, I mean, I'm not, I can hit my target. I'm just saying I never claimed to be top shot. Never claimed to be. No. Um, so I can't, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the movie. It's not a cop movie. It's actually, he's the bad guy where they rob the banks and they surf and all that. Point Break. Point Break. That's actually, I like that movie. Well, Keanu Reeves is a cop in that. Oh, he, oh, he is. That is, he he's is. undercover. Okay, that's right. It's, but uh, he, but he kind of does the whole fast and furious of, he lets him go surf the 75 foot wave. Yeah. He doesn't have to shoot him. He just lets them <laughs> suicide by surf. There you go. Old school, John Wayne in harm's way. Have you seen it? Uh, again, that's probably another one that 
I don't remember a whole lot. Get out. Um, 12 o'clock high, Gregory Peck. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I guess what I would say is, is that I tend to be more of a uh, Dirty Harry fan. Dirty Harry? Yeah. So I, that I would never be, got into Dirty Harry. So I would have to say that... I mean, you are Clint, slightly older than I am. Uh, yeah. So, well, but that's John Wayne's before. <laughs> that's classic. Right. But I, but I, I guess I would put Dirty Harry in that same category. Yeah, I guess so. So I just never got into Dirty Harry. Um, yeah. Street Kings. Another Keanu Reeves film. He's an LAPD cop. I like that one. That's pretty good. You remember that one? I don't, I honestly don't even know that I saw that one. Forrest Whitaker, Keanu Reeves. Um, trying to think who else was in that. I think you'd probably recognize everybody who's in it. I don't right. necessarily recall their names. Who's the guy who played House, that actor? Uh, I don't remember his You know name. his face? Yep. He's in oh, it. Yeah. He yep. plays a IA, internal affairs guy. That's a good one to visit. I Obviously, for those of us, for those of you listening, don't think that we think these are realistic. These are just fun things to preoccupy our time with. But Street Kings, I think, is fun. I think it's dealing with the darker side of police work where you've got these human things because Keanu Reeves is kind of an alcoholic and he's got an attitude problem and, you know, other things. So I like the fact that he's not just this superhero cop. He he seems to be a little more, I don't know, maybe almost more realistic because mm-hmm. he's got his own personal demons that he's battling. But he just wants to be a good cop. He doesn't have to be you know, car chases and explosions. He just wants to do his job. So he's just a tough cop. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, that is probably the one thing in terms of police movies, cop movies is rarely do you get the super cop who also has this put together private life. Like that is probably the consistent, uh, that probably doesn't exist period. No, no. All right, TV show, Tom Selleck, Blue Bloods. I love Tom Selleck, not going to lie. A little bit of a fanboy. He's our modern day John Wayne, so. Yeah, and I think in a lot of ways he probably surpasses John Wayne, but Blasphemy. I'm sure Get there's, out. yeah, I'm sure there's other, <laughs> others that would disagree with me, so. um, I think Blue Bloods is pretty good. Obviously, it's, they take liberties, but I think they, it's hard not to like any of the characters. They write them well. Mm-hmm. The interaction. Um, it's Tom Selleck, Magnum P.I., come on. On steroids. Which I find interesting that he has moved on to a different show, well, multiple shows since Magnum P.I., and now the remake is on while he still has... Wait a minute, what? Yeah, there's a new Magnum P.I. <sighs> They're going to mess and it he's, up. Well, yeah, I haven't even attempted to watch it. And so, um, but yeah... Tom Selleck is still going strong with Blue Bloods and yeah, Blue Bloods is Blue Bloods is a, is a great, um, it's one of those series that if you want to binge watch something, I feel like it's very, it's very pro police. Oh yeah. I mean, they're not, they're not pro the entire system. Right. And they're not necessarily, they're not, they're not necessarily worried about accuracy as they are of being 
we want to be on the side of justice. We want to be on the side of the, the officer who is mm-hmm. struggling, but they deal with real issues. Like I've got to fire you because you didn't do this right. Mm-hmm. And so they will bring up, you know, issues that I think true departments actually have to face. Now, how they handle them may be different, but they do bring those subjects up. Yep. Another good show that I like is on Amazon. Um, if you've got Amazon Prime, it's called Bosch, and they actually do have real a- LAPD cops as consultants, and they actually have real LAPD cops as um, background. And so they'll use off-duty officers to do, you know, as extras. So there are, there are actual cops in uniform in the show, in their cars, mm-hmm. participating in the show. And I think they do a, a good job of, of now, obviously there's some, you know, dramatization to make it TV acceptable, but I think they do a good job of showing there's paperwork to do. There's investigations to do. There's interviews to do. There's running here and there, mm-hmm. you know, there's drama at home. There's, you know, all those things that it maybe kind of like Southland where they kind of bring those human elements into play. Um, but they've got real life advisors advising them on how this stuff works. So I feel I'm a little biased when it comes to that stuff. If they can get, you know, people who have done that job to help participate in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it creates a sense of realism. So, mm-hmm. so that's one that's pretty good. I think there's three seasons out. Um, we put training day on this list, but I did not like that movie. I'm I am not a fan of Training Day. I would I would agree with you in that. I like Ethan Hawke. I like Denzel Washington. I hated that movie. I, I was just so discouraged at the end that I'm like, that was total BS. So in the moment watching it, it did kind of like suck you in and get like oh, create totally. like an emotional Oh yeah. But I, I but I'm with you. I think it's it's not like like that's one that I don't am not tempted to watch. Oh no, I just keep going. When I keep going, and one of the things that, like, and it's just funny because, uh, so fundamentally to me as a cop, you never give up your gun. No, like you just you, that that like was ingrained in our head of you just you never give up your gun. Same in the military, and that's one of the things that he does in that movie is he gives up his gun even though he thinks he's kind of being smart, quote unquote, about it. And so, yeah, that's kind of a, a BS move. Yeah. And that, uh, and brings up another movie, uh, the onion fields. So that's about, that is kind of the true life story of leading up to that happening. And I can't remember if it was, I can't remember, was it the sixties that that would have happened or early seventies? Oh yeah. But basically that's where the idea of kind of up to that point, you cooperated with the bad guys and you maybe did give up your gun because you thought if I'm cooperative and if I do what they say, then they'll let me live. And that was kind of one of those first instances of no, right. You fight, you, you fight to win. You, you, you don't give up. You don't cooperate with the bad guys. And right. so um, I'm probably not doing that mo- that movie justice, but cause that is another, um, it is a true life story. Uh, the book is probably, well, I know the book is better than the movie because I've read the book and I've, and I've seen the movie. Ted Danson from Cheers is in what? <laughs> that movie. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, that just kind of came to my mind when you were talking about training day of 
Um, not a huge on the onion field. Um, when did that even come out? 1979. Holy crap. So, oh no, that was, uh, that was Ted Danson. Sure mm-hmm. enough, James Wood was in it. Yep. Oh, that's weird. Christopher Lloyd too. Jeez. Well, I probably won't watch that. I'm not going to lie. I probably won't watch it. <laughs> no, it's it's not. But that was a real life situation of that kind of changed the whole. That kind of reminds me of uh, The Departed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I struggle with that. My brother loved that movie and I'm watching this going, I am really struggling with most of this. Uh-huh. I mean, they had some phenomenal actors in it, but. Yeah, it was quite the cast. But it doesn't, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So while we're talking about kind of on that things that we don't like. Yeah. And I'm not really even going to discuss it, but I just didn't care for it. And I think it's even, I'll I'll go as far as to say, I think it was stupid. It's (laughs) RoboCop. (laughs) Hey, the new one's actually not bad. I haven't seen what's the The, the new one's actually not it, it. I'll, well, I mean, the whole premise is is very sci-fi. Sure. Oh, and I'm okay with that. But, but the the new one is way more believable than the original. The original, I mean, I I remember my friends when I was a kid. They're like, "Oh, it's so awesome." Even as a kid, I was only fascinated so much before I thought this is really dumb. It's really stupid. And now the new one, I think. I, I hate to use the word realistic, but I don't know what else, other word to use. I think it's more realistic than the original because of what probably in part because of what we're able to do with our technology, you know, and, and CGI and quite frankly, the original writers were just weak. Um, but I would agree with you that the original, it, it, it's stupid. Not going to lie. If you like it, I'm sorry. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it just, uh, it doesn't do much for me. So, no. And I don't, I don't have a ton on my list of cop movies that I don't like, but. No, but it's. All right. So my dad used to watch Hill Street Blues when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Now, it's it's been too long for, for me to remember, but I just remember the theme song and I remember, you know, my dad just raving about it. Um, I can't recall enough. It's for you members of the audience who are a little bit older, you probably remember it better than I, but. I remember that being a, a big one for my dad that, you know, that, that, that was his, his era. Yeah. I would say Hill street blues was kind of that transition. That was coming out of Vietnam. I feel like that, that was that, that was that group that was coming out of it and trying to move into something more admirable almost maybe. Well, I think kind of back to what I was talking about earlier of this idea of in a 60 minute episode, you have the crime is committed. The investigation happens. You catch the bad guys. That was kind of, I think, the recipe for cop shows leading up to Hill Street Blues. And I think Hill Street Blues was sort of that first. Um, That's not how real life works. It's not how real life it works. They there was there was kind of the, you know, you got CIs and you get information from them, and there was kind of some shady stuff going on behind the scenes, and it may take you months to catch the bad guy. Uh, cops get shot. I mean, I think the very first episode, uh, the two guys, they, they get 
they get sh- they get ambushed and they get shot. I think in the very first episode, the pilot of the show. Wow! And so it, it broke kind of from this idea of you know good always wins sort of a thing. Right. That there's definitely this gray, and that even those who are in law enforcement have a dark side and and well a human side. Right. Right. And and then I think they even kind of ventured into some of those. You know, the captain sleeping with the assistant DA <laughs> and that kind of stuff going on. And so, yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I was too young to remember all of it. I just remember my dad has fond memories of it, you know, yep. because that was, I mean, he was in his, I mean, that was early eighties. He was in his early thirties, you know, and so that there's this, you know, my dad was a cop for a year. And so, um, it resonated with him that, Mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, he had friends that were doing this, you know, um, so, you know, there's this attraction to it. I think there's always this attraction for, for people in the military, there's attraction to, you know, cop shows. And I think there's this attraction for cops at, you know, military shows and, and movies. So. I think it goes both ways, you know, that we're, we're drawn to this type of work no matter what. Right. And so, I mean, wh- I mean, why not? It makes sense. So Hell Street Blues is one of those that I remember as a kid. And they would show the shift briefing. Yeah. And there would be the older sergeant that conducted the shift briefing. And at the end of every briefing, he'd end with, let's be careful out there. Yeah. And I honestly, in the last, I think it's been within the last year, maybe a little bit beyond that. I kind of had that realization. Well, it's, it's been in the last year because I've been back on patrol for about a year of having that realization of that's me. Like I'm the sergeant doing the shift briefing. Right. And now granted, I don't have the vice cops in the room and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty much uniform officers in a small department, but, uh, I finished most of my briefings with let's be careful out there. And I don't think vast majority of them have any, any idea. It went off the air before most of those guys were probably born. Yeah, I'm sure it did. So anyway, just a little bit sentimental for me of that realization of I'm that, I'm that guy. (laughs) Well, you transition as you get older. I'm not quite as old as he, he was, but the white haired guy getting closer. Overweight. who never, who never leaves the I don't station. think he was overweight. Uh, He's probably in better shape than I am. I don't remember. It's too long <laughs> ago. Uh, all right. So any that we haven't hit on that, I mean, there's like tons of NYPD blue. Never, never got into it. My father-in-law was a big, what's his name? Sipowitz. Sipowitz. Yep. Sipowitz fan. Um, I couldn't tell you anything about the show other than New York PD drama (laughs) that's about it so yeah it was it was on for a long time and again i i don't remember specifics about it um but again i think it was kind of one of those it started dealing with um how the actor how the people being portrayed in in the in the show their personal lives and their professional lives uh, intertwined with each other. 93 to 2005. 
Oh wow, nine two thousand five. I didn't. I guess I wouldn't have known that it was still on in two thousand five. So yeah, um, David Caruso. He was one that kind of. I think that's where he got his up and coming right. from. That one. And then uh, Ricky Schroeder was on there. <laughs> Silver spoons. Silver spoons. <laughs> The other thing I remember about that show was it was, I, I knew it was on when the 9-11 attacks occurred and they dealt with that on that show. And just, um, I don't think there was a lot of having to act with that. I think there was, that was one of those seasons where, um, sobering moments kind of just take over. Right. And you know, you're playing these characters on TV and you're representing very real people uh, doing that job and who died doing that job on uh, September 11th. Um, yeah, that's a, that is a good, another good, 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 good um, TV show to watch. So well, maybe if I get a while here, I'll hit some <laughs> reruns. Watch 12 years worth of TV in a weekend. Oh my gosh. Um, didn't directly deal with combat per se, but MASH was a, a military TV show that, you know, that was actually a pretty good show. It and was, I think it, I think to this day, it is still the most watched TV show ever, like at 125 million. That's crazy. And given that, you know, you don't have three networks dominating the airwaves anymore, so to speak. That final episode was, I know it was over a hundred million. I don't think you'll ever see anything like that again. And Alan Alda was sort of the first anti-hero hero. You know, he wasn't, he, you think about all the movies that we've talked about in terms of military, police, he was really the first leading man to not be a tough guy. Yeah, and I think that it was interesting. The I remember my wife and I talked to, kind of watched a, a documentary on this, mm -hmm. and it was a really interesting show because you're talking about a show that lasted 11 years on the airways, but it took place over a three-year period during the Korean War, mm -hmm. and it started during you know, you know, you're talking about uh, the Vietnam War, so there's a lot of anti-war sentiment, and so they're talking that gets brought up about. Um, you know, not being pro-war, which, you know, for the most part, when we're talking about America and John Wayne and, and these, right. these typical, you know, war hero movie actors, it's very, it, it comes across as very pro-war and MASH was not promoting no. that. And it, and it's interesting that you In bring fact, that. They were kind of the people that were pro-war were kind of the, uh, the anti-heroes, they were the, 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 they were the ones being made fun of being belittled, you know, the, well, I think it, it makes perfect sense because you're talking about these, these are doctors who are seeing the horrors of war. I mm -hmm. have to fix what you messed up. And, you know, if you want to talk about from a faith standpoint, you know, the Bible tells us very clearly, if at all possible, live at peace with one another. Mm -hmm. And here we are, we're just trying to destroy, destroy each other. So, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, that's not far off from what we should be. The, the sentiment, mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. Um, you know, that, that we, that we go after this with such veracity and we have these doctors 
you know, in these mass units that are fixing this, who get to see the first, it, see it firsthand, the effects of it. And coming out of the Vietnam War and into the early 80s, you know, it, it's not. War probably should not be as popular as it is. And yet and yet it is. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining. And, and MASH really dealt with that, that hero, non-hero aspect. Mm-hmm. So I thought it, it's really good. It, it's actually one of those ones I thought about just purchasing because it's, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, people died. Yeah. Uh, popular characters were. They were killed off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that makes it even harder when you're talking about um, characters that you become attached to over time. You, you, you watch these people and you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to lose somebody that you become attached to. Right. There it is. It's a hundred bucks. If you want to buy all 11 episodes. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I won't be purchasing it anytime soon. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> didn't expect us to end on Mash. Uh, no, it wasn't even on our list. Oh, probably a good one though. Maybe maybe that is an appropriate one to end on. Something that's not the norm. That's not the yeah, the stereotypical. Which I think is probably a good representation of both of us and our view on things like war and law enforcement and um yeah how do we as as believers as christians uh make an effort to love our enemies and do it do a do be involved in a career that is a quote unquote necessary evil i mean because ideally it'd be great if we didn't need soldiers it'd be great if we didn't need police officers if we didn't have war oh yeah if crime didn't exist evil didn't exist um, but we'd be in the garden. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so obviously we probably didn't hit on something that if you've spent this hour with us going, what about, what about, what about, well, we'd love to hear your what about. So please reach out to us at uh, the jaded one percent.com or the jaded one percent at gmail.com and let us know your, your thoughts, your thing, your favorite military show, your favorite police show. Hey, if we hear from you, we'll add it to our list and maybe we'll do another one with all the ones that we missed. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We will certainly do that. If we hear from you, we'll, we can do a part two and maybe, maybe we'll even invite one of you to come join us and record that episode. Better get your plane tickets ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Joe, unless you have anything else. No. It's amazing how quickly the time flies. So. Thanks again for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. See you guys.